Hello and welcome to the second in the series of podcasts featuring two university registrars talking about higher ed staff. Dave Hall of the University of Leicester and Paul Gratrix of the University of Nottingham talk through a number of topics this week, including job titles, from registrar to COO to CFO and all points in between. The most enjoyable and least satisfying aspects of being a registrar and the excitement and challenges of a good crisis. There's also lots of stuff about meetings and minute writing. Leicester City fans will be delighted their team features here, as will family and friends of Richard III. There's also an exciting reference to robots and artificial intelligence, but also a bit of a shout-out for the more traditional notice board. Enjoy all the stuff. Hello, we're back with um, uh, registrars talking about higher education stuff, still a working title. So this involves myself, Paul Gregorix, registrar at the University of Nottingham, and Dave Hall, registrar and chief operating officer at the University of Leicester, talking about higher education uh, stuff. So in the previous edition, we were talking a bit about our... um, uh, careers, well mainly about Dave's careers to be honest because I haven't shared most of my stuff yet um, and quite a bit about the University of Warwick but also how you describe your job as a registrar and it is, it is quite difficult to do because it doesn't give a lot away as a title you at least have the Chief Operating Officer bit which sounds a bit more sexy um, that's, that's why uh, we introduced it yeah, um, uh, your best presumably <laughs> it was council members that asked me oh, to really? take the chair of council thought that um, uh, she, even she was struggling to explain to uh, council members, let alone people outside the university, what I did, and hence that, that's why the title came in. Yeah, and there are, to be fair, quite a lot of chief operating officers around now. It's you know, I mean, I'm not saying you're common as muck, but um, <laughs> there are more than there used to be. Yeah. And indeed, an exciting survey I did not that long ago of uh, registrars, etc., and their job titles and what they did showed that, in fact, um, quite a lot of people had that title. Very few, very few, myself included, we're simply called registrar these days. So we're a bit of a, a dying breed, the, the pure registrar title, um, uh, mainly because uh, I'm just too unimaginative, I think. I can't come up with anything better. So anyway, go back to the issue of what you actually do. Right? You, you, you were describing um, uh, before how you... Um, you know, do spend a lot of time, you know, talking to people, advising them, critiquing them, trying to point them in the right direction, um, give them a give them a steer. But you've got a you know a really big range of. Prof- I mean, you're a unitary registrar and COO, so you've got a big range of responsibilities under you. What broadly then? What does it cover? The the scope of the role um, extends from well, the directors of these offices report to me, which gives you an idea. So the Director of Estates and Facilities Management, um, the Director of IT Services, although we're now appointing a Chief Digital Officer, um, they're reporting in, the Chief Marketing Officer, uh, the Librarian, um, the Finance Director did report in for many years, uh, he now has a dotted line to me and reports directly to the Vice Chancellor, so as, now as Chief Finance Officer. It's been another change in title over the years. Uh, the Academic Registrar, of course, um, the Director of HR. All those uh, senior staff who run the professional services of, of the institution. Yeah. So that, that's my responsibility. And the, a key part of that role is how do we work as a team? Yeah. 
how, how do we stay joined up? How do we uh, work constructively with each other? Uh, that we don't push work or blame around the table? Um, because a fragmented administration is uh, increases the risk of service failure to students yeah. and staff. Yeah, and it's the bigger it gets and the more complex it gets, then the harder it is to ensure that you get that join up across. And, you know, people like working in the unit that they think is their home, don't they? Yeah. And, uh, um, and so, the, the, I mean, people often criticise the silo mentality, um, but it's understandable that people want a home and they want to feel that they've got colleagues that they can work with. But the primacy of the, the, the student as customer in the context of the services that we're often providing, not educational services, but in terms of the, the kind of wraparound services, is, is really important, isn't it? Yeah, I'll give you um, a, a real example. The, um, obviously, we, we, we want an estates department which is looking after the, uh, the teaching and learning spaces and the research spaces, both for students and staff, and keeping them safe and clean and tidy and up-to-date and optimal and what have you. And uh, there are times when you've got to replace uh, materials and that and windows, for example, in old buildings. And you want a, a team that's um, got a handle on that, taking the windows out, putting the new ones in. What you don't want them to do is for the students to turn up into a lecture theory and discover the, the windows are all missing <laughs> because um, they're, it's, they're, they're scheduled to be replaced um, in and, the middle of a And that's the day they, they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a true example. But that, that's, it's, it, it's, uh, the potential for that is... Is there all the time? It is a constant and constant responsibility to try and uh, ensure that we, we stay coordinated and collaborative. And the problem when they, it gets split up is two two challenges. One, it makes the the, the uh, integration more difficult, and uh, probably more painfully, it increases the the politicisation, if you like, of yeah. the of the the activities around the senior team and that because you are reinforcing the boundaries around those silos. Yeah, yeah. And people protect their territory, and it's about power and status and all those sort of things, and, and you start to lose sight of what you're actually trying to do, which is provide an excellent educational service to students and support the research. Yeah, no, abso abso absolutely right. The, um, the I mean, we, we, you, you talked about the other title issue, which is that other people's titles have been uh, changing over the years. And, of course, every, everyone used to be a bursar, and now they're all CFOs, um, which, it, again, is probably a bit clearer, it uh, has to be said, than, you know, uh, the, the, than bursar. But uh, there's a lot of title inflation in higher education, isn't there? I mean, you know, we, we, we talked before about how, you know, you used to have a, a pretty clear progression route from administrative assistant up to, you know, senior assistant registrar, and like, those titles are pretty much gone now, and everyone's ahead of something or a director of the other, aren't they? Um, yeah, I suppose that uh, I suppose I'm kind of uh, ambivalent about it in one sense. I, you, you want staff to have a, a, a title that gives a, a colleagues a, an idea about what they do. Yeah, and I want staff to be um, yeah they're happy in their role and and, and uh, I'm proud maybe a bit strong, but. You know, feel, feel good about what. what so you want everyone to be it. a director? Dave. Well, I think you can. You can. Um, a chief. Uh, <laughs> I think you can be happy of being called one thing as opposed to another. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't normally worry too much about 
people wanted to call themselves particular things. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I think it's 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 a fact of life. Anyway, um, it's one of the things I do get mildly grumpy about from time to time, um, just because it's more and more difficult to come up with novel titles for. for what you shouldn't for do is don't call yourself a special projects officer. Uh, no, that way madness lies. Yes, um, and you know that your 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 time <laughs> your time is up. Possibly up. <laughs> once you're moving on to special, <laughs> special projects. projects. Yeah. Um, just to be clear, though, I mean, for anyone who is, <laughs> it's a cracking job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. But if you um, if you're appointed from outside into the role, it can be a really good yes, good yeah. foothold, right? Yeah. But if you're promoted in inverted commas into that role, it's often a signal um, that something else is afoot. <laughs> very good, very very good point, though. Um, uh, so, th- you know, uh, in terms of day to day existence. A lot of time is spent in meetings either with individuals or with uh, or with groups, but uh, and some of those can be immensely satisfying. Some of them can be possibly quite tedious. So, what do you enjoy most uh, about your job? Then, I think there have, there have been uh, there have been particular moments. Obviously, when when the Richard III discovery happened, I mean that was uh, that was a pretty uh, special and exciting time. When uh, uh, Richard Buckley, the the, the lead archaeologist, he he, start, he was driving onto campus and he, he pulled up alongside me and wound his window down and he just looked out the window and grinned at me because yeah. it was going to be confidential, yeah. top secret. But the grin said, we've found the remains of Richard III. <laughs> In the car park. In the car park. And that, so that was a fantastic uh, uh, time. It, it was... Yeah, it was a lot going on, yeah. and the interest and the major interest. I mean, funny enough, it was fantastic when Leicester won the Premiership. To be fair, yeah. well, yeah, and I think that that kind of thing does make a real difference. And to you it, felt really it, part you know, of the city, yeah. and we put the we put the football flag up on the flagpole, and you know, yeah. yeah, we it, that was a, that, they, they were certainly a, a really um, good times. The, I'm not sure that it's uh, it's easy to say. There's something I enjoy uh, about the job because it's that challenge that I was saying before about seeing and. An outcome or an output of of um, of what you do. I like. Um, I, yeah, I personally enjoy um, giving presentations to that staff. I like the yeah. the the banter you can get through that. I like being challenged. You know, can you think on your feet? Um, I have actually enjoyed some of the meetings with the trade unions. So it's you know, it puts you on your metal. You've got to. Um, it, yeah, work hard to find compromises, yeah. uh, but it's it's difficult, and there are there are some very challenging uh, staff and student cases which I've dealt with, which are I think it sounds a bit um, pretentious, but intellectually difficult mm. to work your way through, mm. and then, you know that's that's satisfying yeah. when you you think you've found a a path through the, the governance. Um, Structure in some way. So there, you know, there. I, no, I think I think that's a really good point. I mean, the point about the uh, the fact it's very difficult to see concrete outcomes from the work that you do because often a lot of it is is actually being carried forward by other people. And the, you know, the the upside of that is that you've got very capable people who are you know driving forward things, and you know, you're helping them do that. The downside is that you know everyone else will always get all the credit um, for these things and it's, that's just a fact of life I think you know, it's just the, just, just the way it is um, but 
I, I always think it's slightly paradoxical that you know universities are fundamentally long-term activities, right? We're we're here for you know for educating future generations who will go on to do great things, etc. We're here to you know to undertake research which will have long-term impact on people on the planet, etc., etc., etc. And yet, in many ways, we are breathtakingly short-termist about everything, you know, um, and uh, what's happening today and what's happening this week, and um, you know, people see everything in a kind of one-year cycle and just struggle to see things in the longer term. And in our role, it seems to me that, you know, part of the job is actually to to ensure that some longer-term thinking, you know, does actually take place. And, that you know, and I, I think it's where CFOs as well come into their own as well, is that they're, they're trying to get people onto five-year time horizons. Mm. And planning people as well are always trying to look to a longer term and what's going to happen in terms of student numbers or research or, or whatever and think longer term. But actually, we are really short-termist. And, uh, I, I, and that's no doubt in domain, uh, not necessarily due to the... <laughs> the quality of university management, but the uh, the fact that uh, government policies could yeah. throw uh, a long term strategy off course within the space yeah. of a few months. Yeah, absolutely. We right. um, yeah, I've worked on capital programs, so you you think you've got a capital program for ten years, and you discover a, a year into it, sometimes in the, into actually constructing something that it's the wrong size or it's in the wrong place or. Or you, the, the students aren't going to be there, or, or yeah. that uh, government policies has, has led to a change in the funding regime, um, or, or you've got a problem years ago with SARS and bird flu and all those sort of things, and you, you've got a hit on uh, international student recruitment, which always has a significant impact on the bottom yeah. line. So it's you, you are uh, rather than setting a clear direction, you are normally tacking across the pond. Yeah, if you like. yeah, yeah. No, I think that I, I, I think that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. But it, it, again, it, it's one of those things that, for me, makes the job interesting, is having to think you know, about the longer-term consequences mm. of things and you know, try and bring people back uh, to that. But I, I share your, um, your pleasure and engagement with, with people. It's often things that you know, are hardest to actually find the time for. But when you're having that, you know, that dialogue and that critical dialogue, particularly with academic colleagues but also with students as well, about the, you know, the big issues in the university or indeed in the sector, that can be some of the most stimulating and interesting uh, opportunities you get in the university, it seems to me. That's a very good point, actually. I've got that. I try and I think an important role of a, uh, any uh, manager is to get to the front line, uh, not just of your own staff, but um, it is much more um, productive if I go out to meet when I go out and meet academic staff and visit departments and that. It is uh, if you can engage them in their research, yeah, to talk about that. And, and often that's fascinating. You know, that's when you might come home at night and say, "Guess what? Today, I went to visit yeah. Professor X or whatever, and, and they, the team, are doing this, this, that, or the other." Yeah. yeah. And, and blimey, I think we're making a difference. Yeah. And suddenly you can start feeling that you're part of something yeah. that, that is having a having an impact. You know, going and seeing, I went to watch um, an operation uh, fitting a stent into a heart. Yeah. Oh, I was expecting to faint, but uh, <laughs> actually, it was a, it was fascinating to. To, you know, to, to watch a, 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 a are, are you a trained anaesthetist then? <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I was doing it through a, there, was, there was a glass partition between oh, me, right. me and the patient good, good. but uh, yeah, it's, been, it's fascinating to, to do that I've forgotten that, that actually the Richard III thing is really yeah. an exemplar of, of it 
Yeah, that Richard the Third thing was, of course, massively annoying for every other university Good. in the country. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we've obviously since you know dug up Robin Hood on the number gonna, of yeah, yeah, um, you've got uh, in, in our car park. So, so you know, th- these are positives, right? These are good things. What, what, what aspects? Um, uh, again, without swearing of your role, um, <laughs> do you find uh, least palatable? Well, I've, I've brought this book in, and I've, <laughs> I've indexed the issues. Um, uh, the, the the thing that he's most soul destroying is is the politics. Yeah, I, I find it very difficult if we're not all on the same page and operating as a team. So this is the internal politics within the university. yeah the internal politics. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, that is the thing that wears you down. If you think you haven't, you've got to well the effort you've got to make to get colleagues on side to to uh, uh, um, yeah not be overly sensitive to. Um, I don't know how you describe it. Those, those frustrations with with power and status, and and uh, who's listened to and who isn't, and who's in favour and who's out. I don't, all of that is is soul destroying. And when we're operating as a group of friends as well as colleagues, yeah. um, it's certainly easier when they, when you when yeah. you're handling success and when you're dealing with problems. But that that's the the, the thing that uh, wears you down. And that's why I often say to you know, when I'm meetings with the director of estates, you know, I'm not surprised you don't come into the meetings at times because you've got a fantastic. You can see what you've done. You know, you've, yeah. you've put up this fantastic building which we can all see and walk around, and we can pat you on the back with it. And um, you know, you've got to grips with some very tangible and pragmatic problems yeah. in doing that. Whereas, uh, you know, I'm in the the, the court of uh, Richard III or something. <laughs> well, uh, no, I can say, uh, yeah, no, I absolutely get the, um, the the politics bit. One of the one of the um, the most challenging things is when there's a when there's a crisis, right? Um, and you mentioned crises earlier, but um, it's often the case that. Um, you know, you're the first port of call when things go horribly, horribly wrong. Um, uh, just because no one knows where to go, <laughs> um, and or you know, you're at the end of the line because everyone else has been tried, and you know they don't know what to do. So, um, I, I mean, I, I have to say, it's quite often the case that you know the crisis can actually be quite stimulating because it's you know it is that intellectual challenge again. You know, because it's completely unknown. You don't know what it's going to be. You don't know how it's going to pan out, um, and that can be quite quite exciting. I, I agree completely. I was going to say it's certainly more on the. Should you say you enjoy a crisis? But anyway, well, it's uh, it, it is a more. Um, uh, fulfilling experience because because again it's you you then it gets a bit more command and control yeah so you can start bossing you, people you, around I was going to say but <laughs> being directive and clear about yeah. what needs to happen yeah. people have looked to you yeah they look to you somebody's got to make a decision yeah and uh, yeah it, it, I'm the first person that uh, security ever will call and uh, you know fires floods uh, power outages lightning strike. Um, uh, uh, yeah, student occupations. Student occupations. That there's, there's a lot that needs coordinating. Yeah. But but often, often obviously the colleagues in IT and estates always come into their own at those yeah. Yeah. times, and they are the ones that really sort it out. But they do want somebody there who's got their, he's holding the ring uh, yeah. and knows what's going on and and keeping everybody else informed as well. But and I think the other part of it is um, and uh, is is the actual staying calm thing, right? Because it's very easy for people to flap. 
And if I always think if if you're calm, even if you have no idea what the hell's going on, uh, at least if you look calm and are able to present a calm demeanour to your colleagues, then that just helps everyone stay calm and that you'll get to the answer um, much quicker. Um, but sometimes, yeah, you really... You know, don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> it can be uh, you, quite challenging. Got the, uh, there is the, um, and that's where you do need the experience of other people. Yeah. I call to a fire, out to a fire, and um, the fire brigade, the the, the 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 officer there was asking me, you know, what's in the the lab. Well, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. What's your lab? Like, in one sense it is, in another sense no, it isn't at all. And, uh, you know, when they, then it was the, the, a colleague, the insurance uh, officer, she turned up and, you know, the, the moment was saved. Yeah. But she knew how to get onto the software, say what was yeah. in the lab and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, but it is, uh, you, you don't want them to happen, but when they do arise, you, you feel confident that you can feel... So a welcome uh, diversion from, uh, from other activities. So one of, one of the activities we talked about uh, a wee bit before but, uh, was the amount of time, how much time do you actually spend in meetings, then, do you think, in a typical week? Uh, in a typical week, I would think about two-thirds. Yeah. I, I thought. Um, but... Well, the point I was going to make is you, you often I have one colleague in particular moans about meetings and committees and what have you. Uh, but I recall having a, a meeting with a whole load of staff. This was at Birmingham, actually. And uh, a, a, a very prominent academic colleague of mine stood up and was, was, was complaining um, uh, about um, never being told anything. You know, we're kept in the dark and, you know, mushrooms and all this sort of stuff. And... <laughs> And we never know what's going on. We're not consulted. You should be consulting us. We're, we're at the front line. We know, you know, what's best for the institution. You know, fair, you know, fair comment. Okay, so we do you know so some some um, uh, beat ourselves up over that for a few minutes, and then the, then the neck in the next breath, he says, um, "Why are you sending on with these emails? So why am I getting called to all these meetings? I haven't got time for all this sort of thing." Bloody hell, you know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> if, you want, if you want a semi-democratic organisation which, is, which is engages people and, and consults and seeks their opinions and then communicates uh, back to them, you have to... It's a two-way street. And you have to read emails and you have yeah. to... You, you have a, a responsibility. And what I would introduce for somebody in the army, if you hadn't read the notice board, it was, a, it was an offence. So you I, could never say you didn't know something. Right, so, and it was always on the notice board. It was board. on the notice board, yeah. So you think we should reintroduce notice yeah, boards? Yeah, we should notice boards. And make so it a disciplinary offence. And it's a big, to... big queue of people in the morning <laughs> reading the notice boards. And you say, I feel confident, I've achieved something. <laughs> We're going to find out what's going on. But people, it, they, it, it genuinely, it's frustrating. I don't mind if someone says, look, you've probably told me and I've ignored it, so yeah. can, we, can you tell me again? That's fine. Yeah. It's when they get very agitated, they get very self-righteous yeah. about not being consulted. You think, uh, yeah, well, you have been. It's, uh, it's certainly a, a, yeah, a, a common trait. So, about, so in an ideal world, would you spend less than two-thirds of your time in meetings? What do you think that's about right? Yeah, uh, I don't... I don't um, it's a different... I would think, think about it... Because people criticise, oh, well, it's just meetings and committees... Actually, it's the process of decision-making within, within a, an organisation yeah. which is very complex. You have to take into account a lot of information, a lot of different perspectives. 
and in order to uh, bring that together to digest it in a uh, a sensible and coherent way requires a range of colleagues to be brought together to have a debate and a dialogue over things to get those different perspectives and then form some plan of action yeah. so it, you know in the head at the point of a crisis we were just talking about the first thing you do is you get a meeting together yeah yeah because you just need to know what everybody knows. Yes. So I'm not, I, yeah. I am far more relaxed. If a meeting is of no purpose yeah. and I'm in it, I'm able to say, I think this meeting is of no purpose. Yeah. I don't understand why we're all here. Yeah. And if I'm, well, I'd be more polite than that if I wasn't chairing it. But, um, but there are people who, it's up to the chair of a meeting yeah. to ensure that something productive comes out of it. Yeah. One of the things that we've, uh, I know we want to talk about is is the is the issue of, of minuting and recording meetings, the, the kind of committee discipline that you know we were brought up with, but does seem to have disappeared. Well, I mean, how do we get that back then? Um, because it does seem to me that in order for meetings to work effectively, there has to be a degree of rigor about them. Yes, you don't need necessarily to have the the, the full on way it used to be done, but nevertheless, you've got to have the discipline, and it's got to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise it's just, you know, meetings anarchy, isn't it? Which is just anathema to us. And that's where you can get to, yeah. uh, you know, it can be a waste of time, people getting together and, and talking about things and not not adding any value to anything or not, not coming to some uh, conclusion or decision. I think the, in terms of how do we get back to where we were, uh, and I don't mean this entirely flippantly, these robots, because I'm just not sure that we... First of all, there is, there's less resource. You know, yeah. To have two people servicing every yeah, committee, yeah, 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 no, I think it's quite expensive. Much. And um, so unless we were to make it more of a formal part of the training of uh, uh, colleagues, I'm not sure we how we get back there unless there's some form of digitalisation that can help. I mean, I could foresee that that could be one way of helping us out, but... Um, that's a pretty controversial view. I mean, but I mean, part. I mean, people do say that you know, just go for verbatim recording, just record everything, and just you know, stick it in an archive, and that's fine. But I mean, the typical committee conversation is is pretty rambling a lot of the time, yeah. um, and does depend on you know a chair summing it up, but also a secretary able to you know to to synthesise, digest, and, and produce a you know a, a sensible note at the end of it. I wasn't suggesting that it was a, a very ba- uh, that, that the yeah. so- a software. Might, I was thinking software might be able to. Um, you think it's steel? Yeah. Okay. Super robot. All right. Yeah. Artificial uh, intelligence. AI, yes. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that it could distill something out of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that may well uh, happen, and of course, uh, you know, AI may affect, will affect. I'm sure the rest of university life in ways that um, you and I can only begin to speculate, and no doubt we will at some point. So, well, we'll 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 stop it there. But uh, thank you uh, again, Dave, for for talking some higher education stuff um, about uh, uh, our world uh, in the mysterious planet that is registrars. So thanks a lot. That's all then from University Registrars talking about stuff this time. There'll be plenty more along in due course. And if you can't wait, then please do check out the Registrarism blog on wonky.com, where you'll find lots of higher education comment and fun and games. Until the next time.